0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Welcome to the World Room Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm T Cop, and this is Big E. Big E, what you got for us? Well,
0: today's show is brought to us by Bet Online. <laughs> Back better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Online is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Speaking of bets, did you bet often when you were in an NFL or college? I know it's kind of rules against it.
1: Yeah, I, man, I, you could never bet. Uh, That was basically illegal, especially Mm -hmm. being in college and playing the pros. So Uh,
0: they're Pete Rose in it. Yeah, it
1: it was illegal. (laughs) But I I just had my first bet on a college game. Uh, Was it the Thursday night game the Cowboys played the first game of the season?
0: Well, so that's the NFL. Was it the NFL game? Was the NFL game? NFL game. So the Cowboys versus was it the Bucks? The Bucks. Cowboys versus the Bucks.
1: Yeah. I bet my ten dollars that the Cowboys were gonna get beat, and you won, and I won, and I got ten dollars and some donuts. You bought some donuts? <laughs> I got bought some donuts. What kind of donuts did you buy? Just regular. Regular. No, no, no. I got the $10 and donuts. Oh, and some donuts.
0: And okay. some donuts. No, I ain't going
1: to okay. spend my $10 on donuts. what nah. you spend the $10 on?
0: <laughs> no, so I remember uh, when I was with the Panthers on an airplane coming back from Philly. Mm-hmm. The guys playing
1: cards. Okay. What, what type of car is they playing?
0: I don't know what they were playing, but the numbers they was hollering out for the pot, mm-hmm. there was no reason for me to even get into that conversation. <laughs> so I felt like the hand coming back from Philly got up to I think like 40 grand. All up on the airplane. Is this college? What is this? No, this is this is uh, when I was with the Panthers. God. This you. is the NFL. So it was coming got back you. from the Eagles game. And uh guys were back there in the back of the plane playing cards. I'm just like, there's no way I would trust this. You know what I mean? You get a little turbulence and move the cards and you got that much type, that type of money. We used to do dumb stuff in the locker room, like mm-hmm. bet on eating a piece of bread in 30 seconds and, you know, got 50 you. bucks here, a hundred bucks there. Did those dumb things or mm-hmm. drinking a gallon of water, or eating ice cream. That was the one thing in, in ECU, the lineman made us, uh, eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like the freshman tried to eat a gallon of ice cream or something like that. Betting on that. Yeah, yeah. It was sick. It, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, but you know, speaking about NFL, um, mm-hmm. we had some good games. Monday Night Football last night, fantastic game by the yeah. Cowboys. Eagles not so good. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm excited because I'm a Cowboys fan. The boys look good. You know, I like the Cowboys. I feel bad for the Eagles because uh, Cyrano and Nick, coach, uh, coach Nick, the head coach for the the Eagles, was my receiver coach oh, when okay. I was in uh, when I was in Kansas City. So to see him come through the ranks the way he did, you know, he really came from. At the bottom and work this way up, and, mm-hmm. and we got a chance to see that. So I feel bad at what they played the way they played. But with the Cowboys, shout out on Lisa. <laughs> but this might be Dak MVP season.
0: All right, we, we only, what, four, three weeks in? Yeah,
1: I know, and I'm calling okay. it
0: early. But if the first three games Dak has done is due diligence. He's,
1: he's been the, looking good. I
0: mean, he's he's been throwing the ball for a while and not been a run around. I, I still get scared to see him scramble. Mm-hmm. Like, you can kind of tell he still favors and he, he he kind of slides and the way he falls down. Like, every time I'm looking at his feet, every time mm-hmm. he gets tackled. But um, Zeke.
1: Zeke did a lot better.
0: He showed up. I felt like Jerry Jones put a lot of pressure on him in the media. He needed that. He needed it. I mean, it was it felt like Jerry Jones was sending those subliminal shots at him. I was like, look, you guys would be surprised when Zeke shows up with a two-touchdown, 100-yard rushing game. Zeke ran like his rookie season the he other did. night. He did. He didn't have 150 yards or nothing like that. I think he had right shy under 100. But mm-hmm. the way he was running the rock with the aggression, yeah. running behind his pads, I was excited to see that. Trying to get somewhere. Yeah, Potter's still my guy, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that passing game and run game combination worked so well with Dallas. Like, it was actually surprising to see. Like, the the execution. I mean, Dak's numbers were really solid uh, mm-hmm. as far as completions, stuff like that. And I don't know what the Eagles are going to do, man. I feel like... I I root for Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I want him to do well because of how the whole Oklahoma thing, not Oklahoma, but the Alabama thing happened where he ended up transferring to Oklahoma. I I didn't like how that went down, but I understood it's a business. Um, But I don't know, man. It makes me think about Alabama quarterbacks, man. The last time you seen a good one, like a legit good one.
1: Uh, That boy up with the Patriots? And he's young. Yeah, what's his, Matt Jones?
0: Matt Jones. And speaking of that, Brady goes to New England next week. Yep.
1: Can Matt Jones outduel Tom Brady? I don't, I don't think they can beat the Bucs. I think the Bucs is just a better team. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell y'all something. People get their licks in right now on the Patriots because Matt Jones is the real deal, and I, I don't want to compare him to the GOAT. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Nah, that's going
0: to be a home game for the Bucs.
1: Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying – Tom Brady is the GOAT, so I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady. But I think if he stays on the pace he's on right now, me just watching the Patriots play when they played, who they play last week or was it this week? I don't want to lie to you. I, don't uh, to to you. I can't think of the team they was playing. But I was just sitting there watching him play, watching him move in the pocket, watching him step up in the pocket, mm-hmm. watching him make his reads. It's the reason why Cam Newton not there. You know, and it, I don't think it's just because he didn't get the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that has something to do with it, man. I think Matt Jones outplayed him. Yeah, but why would you get rid of him? Because
0: you weren't paying neither one of them premium dollars.
1: I feel like if you if you held on to to Cam Newton, he was going to be a, a nuisance in a, a hindrance on. to Mac Jones. Yeah, he, he was. Okay. He was.
0: I can see that because he probably would have been pouting about it. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, is Mac Jones this early the best Bama quarterback? That you've seen in, in, in the recent history. In the NFL. Yeah. Because you got Hurts. You have Tua. Tua. Mm-hmm. You have Mac Jones. Is there somebody else? There's I'm going Matt more. Jones. I feel like there's one more. I can't think of who it if is. If you though. can't think
1: of him, he ain't yeah, in the conversation. A you got a point. You and got so a point. I'm going Matt Jones.
0: Man. So I want to offer you a bet. Okay. Brady's numbers are going to be better than Mac Jones' in the game, win or lose. I don't care who wins or loses the games, but Brady's numbers are just going to be better. He's going to have a better QBR. Are you willing to make that bet? I'm betting Brady's QBR would be better than Mac Jones. That's not a
1: bet. I might as well give you money. You
0: should. Yeah, well, I am not taking that bet. But you're saying, <laughs> so I was watching a show the other day, and they were saying that somebody made a statement that New England would beat the Bucks. You understand that that's going to be a home game. There's going to be so many number 12s in that stadium. That it might as well, like, they might as well not even play
1: the game because the Bucs are just gonna. New England will not beat the Bucs, but I think, I think what New England will do, I think they'll have a good showing. I think they have a good showing off the fact that they got a good quarterback. And mm-hmm. he's still trying to get. he's still trying to be polished. He's still got a lot of stuff to learn. He do not fold on the pressure of playing he against don't. the guy that made that stadium. I think, he, I think he's ready for this game. I don't think the team is ready to play. I think the team is going to get beat. So Mac Jones is going to do his part. I think saying. Matt Jones is going to step up and do his part. I think he's going to step up and do his part. Matt, they played the Saints this weekend just passed. That's what was. The Saints, and he did an amazing job. I want to say he threw a pick six, but it wasn't because it was him. It <laughs> uh, th- Look, the tight end caught it, it and dropped it. Now you're it. starting and, to sound
0: that. <laughs> that Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick thing. It wasn't his fault. Here we fault. go. Here we go. Let's <laughs> not wasn't get on his that. Fault. Let's not go yeah, back to so, No, no, Off air, Terrence uh, T. Cop mentioned to me that people are agreeing with me, Big E, mm-hmm. about Michael Vick being better than Lamar Jackson. And Terrence is still adamant about Lamar Jackson being better than Vick. And I'm starting to question our friendship.
1: I think this is going to be, and I hate to get back on this, but I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation. But you got to realize I'm not talking that, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is better than Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. It's going to take him longer. It's, it's going to take longevity to prove that he's better than Michael Vick, just overall better quarterback okay. than Michael Vick.
0: How many years has Lamar been in? What? Three? three or four, whatever. Something like that. So if we take Vic's first three or four, I wonder what it looks like. Lamar I wonder Jackson. what the compares. I wonder, I mean, Lamar, I feel like Lamar's numbers would probably be better, but I'm still taking Vic.
1: But I'm just talking about scramble-wise.
0: That's where you're losing me at. Scramble-wise. scrambling.
1: That's where he got his name. I get that. I get that. Do you not remember the Virginia Tech tape? Man, take? I remember Mike Vic. Like, Do you not like remember when he came here and he did y'all dirty? I'm just—I'm not taking nothing from Michael Vick. I'm not taking nothing from Michael Vick. I'm just giving more praise to Lamar Jackson. That's all. I ain't taking ain't, that's not taking nothing from Michael Vick. He's an amazing scrambler.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to Vick and see if we can get, have this conversation <laughs> with him. I'm gonna see if he yeah, what he say. You know what I mean? But okay. you know, I think Lamar is is a great player. But you know, let's move to the top quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, matter of fact, before we go, let's talk about this Chief San Diego game.
1: Yep. Nobody expected the Chiefs to lose that game. Nobody, and the Chiefs are struggling right now. They're struggling. It's a reason why, and I, I kind of fell victim to it, like, well, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're going to come out and do their mm-hmm. thing. It's a reason why in the NFL they say every year is a new year. Right. It's a reason. Regardless who you have coming back on your roster, regardless, every year is a new year because the ball may bounce differently. Every year.
0: And there's going to be that one player that didn't come back that you didn't realize their role, if it was in the locker room, if it was leadership, mm-hmm. uh, if it was a scout guy that gave the look. Those things make a difference. And, and you you tend makes, to key on those big names and just yeah. think that they're going to do it. But the supporting cast changes every year.
1: It makes a big difference. And you get even get get even more detail, maybe a play that they would have made last year, that play didn't get made this game. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's little things like that as well. that plays in the game. Yeah, I'm telling you, you yeah. know, so I fell victim to it. But every year is a new year. And this right here is showing us that the Chiefs are beatable. They're beatable. You know,
0: San Diego, mm-hmm. they're shocking people right now. I mean, they're two and one. Nobody saw that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Raiders who are three and oh, you know. A lot of people are going to be placing money on that game. You know, a lot of people. So bet online. Go to Did the I yep. said go to the website and, you know, bet online, see if you can win you some money against somebody. Or uh, I believe the Raiders are gonna probably step up and 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 win that game and mm-hmm. go to four and zero. I like what they're doing. I mean, I'm a little biased because they have Zay Jones and I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And I like simply what Derek Carr said after Zay Jones had scored that winning touchdown. So they hey, kind man. of made me a fan of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um and i be honest with you, I like the the feel and the vibe getting from guys that I know that are Raiders fans and how they're getting into talking junk like that. It's kind of like the Browns and the Raiders. They both deserve to talk junk based off the history of the team. But, you know, unlike us Cowboys fans, win or lose, we're talking junk for no reason. But uh, I look forward to that game. Next Monday night, San Diego versus the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders all day long. You want San Diego?
1: I'm going to go with San Diego. But I do like the fact that the Raiders are doing well. I think – just for the NFL, period. Mm-hmm. When the Raiders are doing well, which hardly ever, right. but when the Raiders are doing well and the Cowboys are doing well, football is different. Football is different. For sure. It is. The whole, the feel of it is different. The vibe of it is different. You know, the fans is just, you need those two teams to be successful mm-hmm. in the season. It just makes the experience of the NFL even better.
0: All right. I mean, speaking of, that, one of my favorite places to eat here in town in Greenville, North Carolina is Fuji Japan.
1: Fuji Japan, yep.
0: Are we going to make this? Bet who's, who has lunch? Do I get a spread since we talking about no? Betting. No, Why? Well, I mean, first off, I don't even know well, how to do spreads. Is, first off, let me put that out there. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. You know, I'm at the, if somebody has to school me. I'm at the hit you up know, Wilson Rainer because they do this stuff all the
1: time. I have no clue how to do it. Where's the game played that, play
0: that. You know, I, I feel like it's in Las Vegas, but does it matter? It's all in, it's, it's in the same, it's in the West Coast. It's not a long travel for nobody. You know, who cares? if it eight something at night?
1: No, nah, it matters. You think so? It matters. That's one. That's one place where I can't stand to play, but I love to play there. Oh, they had the Chargers. They had the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, I'm going Chargers all day. I thought it was in. I thought it was the Raiders. Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. Okay, so uh, I'm not giving you any points. Okay, now we go straight up. Straight up.
1: Straight up. Food Chargers. Japan. For you, Japan.
0: Oh, I'm gonna eat good. You just make sure you feed me on Tuesday next week. <laughs> as soon as we finish the, the show next Tuesday, we're going to get something to eat uh, on you. All right, so top ranked quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Rodgers, Brady's, Mahomes, and you told me Dakota, my man Dak from mm-hmm. Dallas. If you had to put them in order, top four, and I mean, is there a fifth one? Should we? I don't think, I think the four we at right now is good. Yeah. I guess, you know, a a distant fifth might be Russell Wilson
1: still, or? I mean, you always got to put him in a conversation, but I just feel like. Well, just stay with the four. If you you had to put those four in order, who would you put as number four? Number four. Ooh, that's rough. That's hard. I'm going Rodgers, number four. Okay. I would put him at four just because I don't like his attitude. (laughs) (laughs) He's smooth, man. I'm going Rodgers, number four. He needs a haircut, too. I'm going Brady at three. I'm going Mahomes at two. And I'm going Dak at one. But look, Dak, <laughs> is, Dak is number one, but number two is, is like a few steps back. Like number two is not close to number one right so now. So you're saying Dak put a gap? Dak got a gap. Wow. Yeah, wow. Sick
0: tie. Shout out sick. <laughs> yeah, sick. Let's, just, let's just tap in on you know, sick tie real quick. Okay, a friend of ours, we, we lost him 11 years ago. This past Saturday was the 11th year of anniversary of his oh passing. Oh, my goodness. And without that guy, I don't think... The friendship and relationship I have with Terrence Copper and a lot of guys in Greenville yes. would have happened. He was the glue to so many friendships and relationships that are going on now. I'm telling you. you know, one of a kind, one of the greatest. As a matter of fact, if he was here, he would be sitting in this room with us right now
1: and probably having us laugh and not getting any content out. My life, I can tell you this for sure, my life would not be as fun if I never met Sigtai. I agree. I'm telling you.
0: And I think a lot of people will say the <laughs> same. So, you know, rest in peace with you always miss love you, brother. Definitely. You know, eleven years, you know, seems like just yesterday. Yeah, but man. I, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, um mm-hmm. Dak should be number one. Yeah. One A, Mahomes, one B. That's how I look at it. Mm. Okay. Uh, man, Brady and Rogers, two A and two B. I can't give the third and fourth. I can't do mm-hmm. it. Um Brady, he's 44? He's up there. That's just amazing what he's doing, yeah. you know? Uh, he's like the only guy that no matter what never plays with spikes on his cleats because <laughs> he knows he's not running nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. Rogers, he always finds a way to
1: win. I was yep. at 37 seconds, he goes down there and scores. I like the fact that after the first game of the season, Rogers was like, listen, why are we panicking? Yeah, it's week you know? one. No, week one, yeah, they got blowed out week mm, one. Terrible. But everybody jumped on. He was like, listen, if we panicking after one game, then we in trouble. Yeah. I like how he bounced back.
0: He has probably the best receiver in the NFL right now on his team, would
1: you say? I think he's. Devontae? I think he's definitely top five. I'll I go even farther and say he's top three. Top three? Yeah. Who's, who
0: the other two that would be in that mix?
1: No, mm, oh, you threw me on the spot. I know I threw you on the oh spot because goodness. I can't think of nobody else that would be. I mean, Odell ain't playing. Odell, he played this week. I mean, but
0: barely. He's yeah. just yeah.
1: now getting back. Just getting back. Um, Man. All right. I've got to say it for another show. I'm a, I am this now. i got to say it for another show. This, yeah, i got to you know? think about it. This
0: is rough. That's a rough question. That you is. Know? is. I mean, and you see and go to the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb is the one that they talk about the most with them, but they still got Cooper, you know, but— Aside of that, Julio, is Julio even playing right
1: now? I don't know. I ain't heard anything. I ain't heard So I
0: don't know if he's injured or not. I ain't paid attention to it. You know, but, you know, moving on, we got our question in uh, Q&A with Terrence Copper here. Okay. Uh, you know, the fans spoke. They asked, the, asked me to ask him a question. And question number one is, craziest thing to happen in a game? Wow. From your perspective, your experiences, uh, <laughs> 10 years in the NFL, the craziest thing to happen in the game. So
1: uh, here we go. Oh, so, you quick <laughs> with this one, right? This, this must be a good one. He quick it with is. it. Look, so when I played for Kansas City, right, my first year getting to Kansas City, Todd Haley, if everybody knew Todd Haley, I think I brought Todd Haley up, to mm. name up on another episode. But Todd has always been a fiery coach. He says what's on his mind. <laughs> he says exactly what he means, and he don't care what you think about it. He right. going to say it. He going to do it. It is what it is. You got to respect that. You got to respect it. I wouldn't be in the league as long as I was if it wasn't for Todd Haley. But with that being said, I got a lot of crazy stories about Ty. <laughs> so we're playing. We're in the game. We're playing. I don't know what team we're playing, but Matt Castle is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You got Dwayne Bow which definitely should be in the Chiefs Hall of Fame one year, one of these, one of these years, good friend of mine. Dwayne De- De- Bo is out there, and Matt Castle throws a ball to, to Bowe, and I think he dropped it. And I think now you got to realize Matt Castle's on the field. He got the earphones in his helmet. The only way he get the play is when the offensive coordinator gave it to him, and Todd was calling the plays. Okay. And so when Bowe dropped the ball, Todd said, Matt, Matt. Go and punch Bo in his effing face. <laughs> I ain't playing, Matt. I ain't calling him play. Go punch him in his effing face. Why the
0: play clock running?
1: Why the play clock running, Matt, <laughs> on the field, like, give me the play. He was like, no, go punch him in his effing face. That's what, he, that's what he kept saying. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on the side. I wasn't even in the game. I'm on the side. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Yeah, what's going going on? call the play, coach. <laughs> what's going on? But that was one of the funniest stories, and I have a ton of stories about about Todd Hayes. So we had to revisit
0: the craziest oh thing on the God. field again. So, so did it delay a game, call a timeout? No, nah, he ended up m-
1: giving him the play. Oh, okay. He ended up giving him the play. But like he was so adamant and so serious about
0: punching Matt going
1: punching Bo in the face. Because he dropped the ball. Matt didn't want to smoke. <laughs> Matt, man, Matt, Matt was like, man, give me smoke. the play. Give me the play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all. all right, so the second question mm-hmm. you know, which this is, I mean, uh, this is more from me. Okay. The first person you called after making your first 53 man roster? <laughs> My probation
1: officer. <laughs> <laughs> My probation
0: officer.
1: It's Seriously. not funny. It's not funny. It is funny. No, it, is. It, is. it won't funny back then when I was going through it. Yeah, I understand. It's funny now. It is now. It's it is is funny now. now. But yeah, listen. How did that conversation go? So this is the whole thing, you gotta know the backstory of it. So when I got uh, when I came out of college, mm-hmm. I had got into an altercation, I got into a fight when I was when I was in college during the summer one time. I went back home to my hometown, got into a fight with a guy. And that's honestly, that's the reason why I didn't get drafted. Uh, because by the time we went to court for it, it was in March. The draft mm-hmm. was in April. Right. You know, so when that came out, now you had NFL teams it's looking trouble, at me like, man, he might his character might not be what we think it is. You know, so I didn't get drafted because of that. And so when I we went to court, I got put on probation for two years because I got sued for like $13,000, you know, so I was on probation for two years and I had to, I was on probation until I paid mm-hmm. that money back. And this is how crazy it got. So when I get to Dallas, Biggie, I had to fly home. First of all, I had to get, I had to get clearance to leave the state, yeah, yeah. you know, because I'm on probation, had to get clearance to leave the state. And I was flying back home every month. Just to meet my probation officer, because I'm on probation. Wow. You know, I couldn't, Biggie, I couldn't get an apartment in my name. I couldn't do, I had to get a a coach to co-sign. I'm in the league, Biggie. I can't get an apartment. You got to get somebody to co-sign. I got to get somebody to co-sign. Because of the altercation, I got got into a fight. Uh, Coming out of high school, not high school, coming out of college. But once I made the team, and that was probably one of the best days of my life. But see, my choices was, because I remember just as good, a reporter, she came up to me during, uh, during training camp. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, Mr. Copper, if you don't make the team, what's your plan B? See, she didn't know my story. My right. plan B was, if I don't make this team, my parents didn't have $13,000. I didn't have $13,000. Uh, go to work. No, my plan B was go to jail for forty five days because that's what it was. Oh, if man. I didn't pay pay that probation, you go to jail for forty five days. You know, so that was my that was my plan B. But I, I told I said, man, I said I don't got a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I was straight up without it. Ma'am, I don't got a plan B. Like this is my plan A, B, C, D. I'm gonna make this team, and thank God. You I definitely made it have some me. motivational factors. Yeah, and then you look on the roster, you number ten on the roster, and. They're only keeping five receivers, six No, five receivers. Really? They're only keeping five receivers, and four of them played the year before. So you essentially got six guys fighting for one so spot. So who did you beat out? I ain't beat nobody out. I was on the practice squad for the first six weeks. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> <So> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I started out on the practice squad with Dallas the first six weeks, but once I got me and Patrick Creighton, I don't know if you remember Patrick Jeff Creighton. Patrick, yeah, yep, me and PC, uh, we ended, we started on the practice squad together, and then they brought us up at the exact same time. They brought us up the exact same time. He did a good job offensively. I had like four or five special teams tackles our first game up, and. That was it. So it locked you in. Lock me in. Hey man, hey, lock I, me I, in. I
0: love it. I love it. Speaking of that, um the War Room Podcast have our player of the week uh to talk about, which is Makai Tooten. You, you got Tootin. the
1: details on Mr. Tooten, right? Yeah, man. Uh Makai Tooten is about 6'3. Uh he has a A-B average in the classroom. But this kid plays wide receiver. Okay. He's he's long. Physical specimen. Yeah, he's long. He go up and high point the ball. He's already 6'3 long. So every time the ball is thrown, he's jumping up and high pointing. So just imagine how high he's getting up there. Because he's an right. athlete. He plays basketball yeah. as well. Oh yeah, he got he can jump. The what I like about him the most from watching his uh, his videos, he's physical. He's not just physical when he's running. Mm-hmm. Like everything about him is aggressive when he's blocking. He's aggressive with it. And I know that 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 does something for you, doesn't it? You know yeah. What <laughs> that
0: does something for you yeah. over here looking like a running back I'm, right now. I'm telling now. you.
1: <laughs> I I love when you got a receiver with a dog mentality. You gotta have it. You gotta have that type of mentality. You gotta play with that type of mentality. You gotta ha- you gotta be offensive mm-hmm. but have a defensive mentality.
0: You know, a lot of times, you know, speaking of young kids these days. They like to take plays off on the backside mm-hmm. or they don't like to keep working down the field just in case something pops. You need to kind of be there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of kids don't understand when these coaches, these college coaches watch the tape. College coach told me, Steve Shankwell, who's was at East Carolina now, he said, I want to see what you did when the play went the opposite direction.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: mm-hmm. know, and, you know, and I was obviously I was an offensive lineman, so it's a little different. But it was like for me, it was like, I want to see how you got up off the ground. Yeah, guess he didn't want me to be the fat kid <laughs> with his crack hanging out, doing that little wide stance thing and I have to waddle back to your feet. He said he knew he was going to offer me a scholarship when I came up the ground off one knee with no problem. I'm just like, Dang. that's weird, but okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have their, their different tricks. But mm-hmm. I do know one thing. On the backside of the play, as far as NFL scouts and, and and college scouts, it's one of the most important plays that you possibly can have is – Effort plays when it didn't come your way and you work down the field. Mm -hmm. And when the ball wasn't in your hand, if you're a skilled guy, what you did Mm -hmm. and what you did on the backside of the play. So just a little bit of advice to all young athletes out there. Definitely. Play every play full speed. Mm -hmm. If you're tired, come out, catch a breather, get some water, go back in and play full speed. Great advice. That's all you can do. If you ain't got nothing but 80% left in you, you need to play 100% of 80. Great advice. You got to do it. You know, so – Uh, Shout out to Mr. Makai and Congratulations. You'll be put in the the pool for a potential uh, gift from the War Room Podcast host, mainly Terrence Copper. Uh, But (laughs) we'll see how we make that happen. But uh, moving on to college football. Mm -hmm. Okay, we had some good games and some surprising wins. So NC State beat Clemson 27-21 in overtime. I hate it. Big win. I
1: hate it. I'm I'm not a fan of State either. Okay. But I respect it. it. I respect the fact that they – They beat a team that's been dominant in their division forever. Right,
0: You got to respect that. I respect that. You got to respect that. UNC got mollywopped by Georgia Tech 45 to 22. I I love love it. I love it. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. Wake Forest beat UVA 37 to 17. When do people start talking about Wake Forest? Ever? We don't. I feel like the biggest story we ever had was when was it Jason a body like the kid got in like a car accident or something like that and he was playing for his brother. That's like the biggest story you had, and then you know Chris Paul and Tim Duncan.
1: Nobody really, <laughs> nobody really cares about Wake Forest I in North why. Carolina unless you're a Wake Forest fan. Yeah,
0: and, and I don't even know how that happens, but. You know, man, <laughs> I, but hey, it is what it is. Duke beat Kansas 52-33. to 33. Cool with that. Doesn't yep. bother me. Uh, UNC Charlotte beat Middle Tennessee 42-39. to 39. And I feel like a former ECU coach, offensive coordinator, Rick Stock still. Is he still the coach at coach Middle Tennessee?
1: Coach Stock, I don't know. I'm not sure if he is or not. I feel like he is. He came from Middle Tennessee and came to East Carolina. And then went back as the head coach, right? I, he may went back. I'm not sure.
0: I thought he went back as the head coach. And then App State beat Marshall 31-30, which was a very good game. Look at App State, man. know, yeah, it was a very good game. They... Battled all the way to the end. That running back they had, not Peoples, but the, the Johnson one. kid. Yeah, yeah. Man, if he wasn't running for a first, I mean, it, the, in that game, he probably had the last two drops. he probably averaged 12 to 15 yards per carry. Wow. And it was running B-gap. Wow. A and B-gap. And, yeah. I mean, it, the old line needs a lot of love, you know. But then yeah. again, let's get to talking about home. Mm-hmm. which uh, we had the home opener. Well, this is, no, it wasn't a home opener. We had uh, another home game in East Carolina where we played Charleston Southern. Yep. Started off a little shaky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, went they down. jumped out on us. Yeah, jumped out, jumped out. Yeah. And I was just like, man, it's about time to leave the game after <sighs> the first quarter because they were playing fast.
1: Mm-hmm. We didn't seem to have an answer for anything. When I say fast, I'm talking about fast. Whenever the, the referee put the ball down, they already was, lined up, they, ready they to take a snap. They reminded me of
0: Oregon when the, uh, Chip Kelly was there. Yeah. That's how fast they were going, and they looked like they, it didn't make sense based off looking at the numbers from the previous games. It was just like, how is that team, mm-hmm. you know, losing so bad? It Didn't make sense to me. But uh, we were able to settle down, and uh, we showed that we had an offense. Yeah, you know, which was it was, it was awesome to see. You know, big thing. Cj Wilson showed up.
1: He came did. to the party. One thing I realized about CJ. Not CJ Wilson, CJ Johnson. Johnson. One thing I realized about CJ, he's not a great route runner. Yeah. But he's yet. Yeah. But he's dominant with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Because he's so big and so strong that it's hard to tackle them.
0: They really, I'm going be honest with you, you know, I pick on you all the time about you guys running the curls and the hitches that you did. Mm-hmm. You called 172 I did. hitches. Yep. It reminded me of you because there's one game I felt like you spun out and took it down the sideline. Took you forever to get to the end zone. But <laughs> um, it reminded me of that because he's like bottom heavy. Yep and he, really, like, he runs with power in every step. So it reminded mm-hmm. me of you for sure. But it was awesome to see him spin out of that tackle and take it 60 take yards it, on the yeah, sideline. Like, I, I almost shot. fell out of the bleachers hollering. Like, yeah. I was about to go to the ER if I didn't catch myself. <laughs> but um, Ho nailers how do you feel about his play?
1: I I think he did some good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he still had to continue to improve. But I think he did some good things. He threw two picks, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two picks.
0: It was 17 for 26, 238. Nine-point yard average, uh, one touchdown and two interceptions. He had a 34.3 QBR.
1: I think you take those two picks away, and he played a great game.
0: And, was, and, and, seeing, and those two picks, it's hard to take them away because those are the ones that made that game get closer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like they, had, yeah. they carried so much weight. It feels like a pick when it was still like 14-0, and then we started catching up. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But these picks came in a moment, so it was just like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, I felt like we could lead the game early in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Now I got to sit here and stay because I don't know what's going on. You yep. know what I mean? So it's yep. kind of one of those things. And then Keaton Mitchell, he did his thing again. He um, do what he do. I told you. fast,
1: man. That kid, no matter where we out on the field, he can break.
0: Every single time, Every man. single
1: time he, he had, can go.
0: Yeah, three receptions for 24 yards, 13 carries for 125. And obviously he got the big gainer, the 74-yarder. So mm-hmm. that was the bulk of his uh, yards. But, man. The boys blocked that up so good. I mean, a lot of people don't pay attention to it. I looked at it and then I watched the the big screen and saw the replay of it and I'm in the stand celebrating with some of my coaches Mm -hmm. Uh, we all went to the game together and I'm just like did you see that zone block did you (laughs) see them get to the second level like I'm over there hyped up over zone block and the guy behind me that I don't know he's like oh you must have played football before because nobody really celebrates offensive lineman block and I was just like man it was fantastic they picked that up passed it off so good like I started to text Coach Shank in the middle of the game and be like man tell those boys good job like he probably would have ignored it but obviously, yeah. but the way they blocked uh, on that particular play, I was very impressed with. And then a lot of times we, we don't speak on the the D-line much, mm-hmm. but they was chasing that boy around quite a few. They they got quite a few sacks, mm-hmm. but that boy was
1: elusive back he was. there. He that was. That boy was elusive. And, and not, not to get off our offensive, we got to get Roger Harris going. Yeah, the other running back. We got to get him going.
0: I felt like we was trying to run him outside the tackle box and I, I I don't know what his speed is, but it just doesn't
1: his stature doesn't say he's supposed to be running out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just know that Keaton averaging what 9 yards a carry and he's and Raji averaging like 2 3 some something like that, yeah. You know, so we got to we got to get him going. We got to get him going.
0: Well, I mean, hopefully we will. I mean, the, the I like to see the fact that we got tight ends running down the field, too. And then True. I feel like I, I, I think I noticed that they have a blocking tight end and a running tight end, like mm-hmm. they rotating these guys out. I feel like mm-hmm. they play three, uh, if I can recall correctly. But I believe adding the tight end to the run game and blocking, that helps bringing them to the backside and kicking out the backside in while we're running zone runs, that helps. But I just really don't feel like Raji's supposed to be running outside the tackle box. I'm I'm not sure exactly what the plans and designs are because things can change once you get the ball in your hand. Never played running back in my life, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're looking at. But uh, hopefully they can get both of them going. Maybe we can get that Pollard-Zeke thing going, you know, Mm -hmm. between him and Keaton.
1: If we could, and I know it probably won't happen no time soon, I want to go back to that old-school offense. When I say old school offense, not saying that that's what we do, but we need to have a package where we can get up under the center, the quarterback. When I say up under the center, I'm getting mm-hmm. the quarterback up under the center. Let's get two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Let's get your what personnel package you talking? Shucks, 22 personnel. Well, it, all right. So what we mean by personal package, t give them a breakdown with a personnel packages.
0: A lot of people don't know what a personnel package is. So when you guys, when fans are watching games, you see people running on the field holding up numbers on their hands and you hear people say 10, 11, and 12, and 20, 21,
1: 22, mm-hmm. t Cop's going to give you a quick little breakdown of what that means real quick. That is, they're telling you when you hear those numbers, 22, uh, 21, uh, they're telling you how many running backs and how many tight ends are in the game. So that's what that means, and the other number because you know you got five, you got five uh, skill guys, skill, five skill guys. So whatever that number don't add up to. So if we go eleven personnel, mm-hmm. you know, one tight end, one running back, one tight end, one running back. So obviously, you know, the other three are receivers. Okay, adds up to five. Adds up to five. And so, and a prime example is when you hear twenty-two or eleven personnel. You still have the same names. I got to break it down to you a little bit. You still have the same names where you will still have a fullback. You still have a running, uh, tailback, mm-hmm. tight end, you know, the other receivers, your X and Z receivers. So if we go 11 personnel, 11 personnel means it's one running back and one tight end. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you still got to count for the fullback. So all we do is we take a fullback body out and bring a receiver body in, but he's still playing the fullback position. Okay. But we may not line him up in the backfield. Okay. We may split him out as a receiver. But he still has that fullback title. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So he's labeled with what letter? The F. He'll be the F. So you have the X, Z, and the F. X, Z, and the F. And the F is still the fullback, but we're just taking a fullback body and out. And just moving him out. And putting a receiver body in for that fullback body.
0: You know, once we get to the point where we go to the recording and going, uh, the, giving people the visual, we're gonna to have to have a breakdown on the board which oh, you, yeah, we so that way everybody that. can understand, and then I can do it as well. But obviously, you know it very well. But so you want to see twenty two, and you want to see what uh, as Coach Logan and them used to call it thirty four and thirty five bolo, and thirty four yeah. and thirty five balls back on support, back it, on linebacker, exactly. put a fullback, yeah. bring Vontae back
1: into the game. You there know what I'm saying, go. real quick? Do we got an offensive line for that? We got an offensive line. We do. I, I don't see why we couldn't. If we can pass block, we should be able to run block. You know that's a perfect world. <laughs> I'm that's a perfect you. world. I feel like it's it's harder to the pass block than it is a run block. <sighs> At least when you run block, you find it. Well, you can answer that question. I can answer that. I, it's it's the game has changed. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I sit back and I watch the offensive line, and I watch it across college football. the the splits that people are getting. I always believe in two-and-a-half, three-foot splits because you pre-generate a gap for somebody to be able to run through. So if mm-hmm. you get stalemated, there's still some type of a crease. Mm-hmm. But now it's like they play on top of each other so much. So I don't know if that's a strategic thing mm-hmm. or is it a blocking scheme thing. I don't know what that is. I actually wanted to ask Coach Shankwiler that question. I probably still will one day. Is that the reason? But I watched. I looked at a picture of myself, and I had a four-foot split. Mm-hmm on a guaranteed pass play. And it was just like, I just felt like it made sense. It widened the pocket out. I felt like I, my footwork was good enough to win that battle to where I would take away the inside and then he'd end up locking up and will a stalemate. But I made the pocket huge mm-hmm. by staying away. And JP at the time, James Pinckney, who doesn't get enough respect as ECU quarterback, uh, would I always step to his left. I agree with so that. So I would widen out some because he would always come back this way. Mm-hmm. I think it was because he got bludgeoned one year over and over, <laughs> and over and over again from that side. And
1: one of the toughest players I ever met. That was probably my uh, senior year because he got killed. He, my was out, yeah, he, did, yeah. he was getting worked out. He was
0: getting worked out when he stayed getting up. Mm-hmm. You know, But you know, speaking of him, he he definitely deserved more respect from, oh, yeah. from the masses. I uh, wish he was still in this area. But – Back to our game. Uh, defensively, Jaquan McMillan looked like he is going to play on a Sunday He's the way tough. he played the other day.
1: He's tough, man. That's the corner. The corner, 21. Yeah. I I liked him his rookie year. Yeah. And, and the way I judge corners is when the ball is thrown, where is he at? Not necessarily if the receiver make the catch. Mm-hmm. But I want that corner to make it a tough catch, right? Be in the position. Exactly. So right. if you make if you make this catch, guess what? Hats off to you. He just made a tough catch. But how often can a receiver continue to make those tough catches? Yeah, yeah
0: you, those, know? Those 50/50s ain't always, you know those fifty-fifties ain't always. Exactly. I
1: mean? yeah. So I like how he's always in position. A person he reminds me of his younger days. Uh, he got a then he start getting injured a little bit with his hamstring pulls. Remember Corey Sargent? Yeah. Corey Sargent to me was one of my favorite DBs to ever play at East Carolina. Um, I like Force sure as do. well. I like yeah. Force. I like Force as well. He was a good DB for me just seeing. But I used to love watching Corey Sargent play his early years before he started injuring his hamstring yeah. and stuff like that. Corey to me was one of those guys, a lot like this corner we have now, always around the ball, always making new guys make tough catches. Mm hmm. Those are the type of corners. That's how, I re, that's how I evaluate corners, not just how I evaluate corners. But I look at that and to see, okay, are you in phase with the receiver? Are right. you there once the ball is getting caught, you know, really trying to rip it out? That's how I can judge on if this receiver, he, he's a pretty good, re, uh, not receiver, a pretty good DB.
0: We had 10 tackles, one for a loss, five pass deflections, and a pick six. <sighs> That's a great day. Them some numbers. Yeah, I mean, and I hate to say, I hate that for a DB to have 10 tackles. Obviously, I mean, they were completing passes, but he was making tackles.
1: So I'm fine with that. Or Unless they run into the outside. He has a corner.
0: Yeah, that's true, but they were completing passes. <laughs> let's, let's be <laughs> honest. They had two receivers, I think, that had uh, close to 100 yards receiving. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, 14 catches for 92, eight catches for 94, seven catches for 74, five for 59. They were spreading the ball were out, and they was completing around. some passes, man. And um, – that Jeffrey Wall and that Garrett Schwarting,
1: I think is his name, who was mm-hmm. a former walk-on at that, mm-hmm. was balling. They came out early hitting us in the mouth. How I many rushing don't, yards should the quarterback don't. have? I definitely would have thought he had more than 58 yards. 58 yards is good for a quarterback, though.
0: Nah, that can't be accurate, man. That boy was running around all day long, man.
1: But it, but it wasn't like he was running for 60-yard runs. We you sacked think him about, a lot. That's I'm true. That him, a him four and a half times. But you think about it, for quarterback, if he's rushing for sixty yards a game, that's quite a bit. That's a bit. He ran it twenty-two times. Even if you're picking up seven yards a rush, like that's a first
0: down more than likely. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. He, he he carried the ball twenty-two times and threw the ball sixty-one times. He was in eighty-three of the plays. That's a lot of plays. He was active in eighty-three of the plays. Man, but yeah. he was balling. Like he, he was balling. I was impressed with the kid because he scrambled when it was the right time. He was throwing a pretty ball outside of that pick, you know, but outside of that, he he had a really good game. Like, he I did. I feel like they're, if they go back and watch the tape, and I, we don't like to speak on the opposite team, Charles the Southern, but they go back and watch the tape and they do that first quarter mm-hmm. and they can repeat that and do that for two quarters, three quarters, four quarters, they're going to win some games this mm-hmm. year for sure. Now, who do we have next? We have Tulane, who's Tulane. one and three. Uh, we're two and two. We're back at home. It's homecoming week. Uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, good crowd, good attendance. Mm-hmm. Wish the numbers were pretty good in the stadium. I know we talked about that. Um, I didn't hear the announced number, but I would say it was 40,000. Yeah, it was a good bit. I would say it was 40,000. Um, so hopefully we can repeat that this week. Uh, game's at 3.30. We've got Tulane, who's... Uh, so far this year, they lost forty to thirty-five to OU to Oklahoma, which was very surprising that they competed with Oklahoma. I don't know if that was Oklahoma playing bad or Tulane playing up. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but nonetheless, you a uh, top-ranked team. You
1: only lost to them by five. Number six-ranked team.
0: Were they number six at the they, time? It was
1: number six at the time. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I think we talked about this before that is when you get the most upsets that week one one. because those teams aren't hitting on all cylinders. They don't know what they're good at right yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you can catch one of them big ranked teams out there on week one, they ain't, they're not ready yet. They're not ready. You they, can hit them in the mouth. You can get upset. they on the way, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: and then you got you got Morgan State. Uh, Tulane uh, beat Morgan State 69 to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't necessarily know what Morgan State got going on, but uh, that's a big gap, so I'm pretty sure that boosted the morale on offense for them. But then they come back and lose 61 to 21 to Ole Miss, which is a 40-point
1: deficit, which, you know. Which Ole Miss is number 12.
0: Yeah, so they, they're legit. 12. And then but, you got UAB. Not a, they lost 28 to 21, which not too many people know what's going on with UAB. Speaking of that, did you did you beat UAB back in the day when you played? I don't think so. I don't think I did either. Like it was just like UAB they were just tough. They uh, between them tough. and
1: Southern Miss, tough. Both they, of them were tough. They had the best defenses.
0: Southern Miss had uh, what was it? it? Had a family name that just stayed on that team. It seemed. like. I can't think of the last name, but it was just. It seemed like every year there was another one in that same name, and they, I knew they were all family. But Southern mm-hmm. Miss was always legit. Yeah, you know. But speaking of Tulane, uh, playing down there in Tulane. Your experiences down there. Wasn't that an awful place to
1: play? So y- you got to remember, when I played, Tulane played at the Superdome. That's when I played. Yep. Down in uh, in New Orleans. So was, Tulane didn't have their own facility down there then. They, their own field. They had own facility. They didn't have their own field. So you'll go to the game, and for one, they're playing on the old school AstroTurf. Yeah, about to take all your skin off. Yes. <laughs> look, I'm out there with... Tennis shoes on, yeah. Running routes, <laughs> not any cleats. I'm right with tennis shoes on, but I just remember, like we talked about it earlier today. You can hear everybody, everybody. <laughs> and when we say you can hear everybody, there's no fans in the stadium. No, it holds eighty, I believe. Yeah, but there was probably about two thousand. Yeah, so you, it's almost like you practicing. It's... it's 100% team scrimmage. Exactly what it is. You know, so you got to get up for those games because the crowd is not going to give it to you. Mm. If You got to find a way. So that's what I remember the most about going down to Tulane was they played on the old school AstroTurf. And they did have any fans. You know, my thing was
0: that walk to the locker room. To mm-hmm. the way team locker room took about 15 to 20 minutes, it seemed like, to walk <laughs> from the field to that <laughs> locker room because the stadium was so big. And where we came in and came out of it, we had to walk all the way down and walk all the way around because they blocked off certain access doors. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the longest walk, and you're trying to walk on that ground, and you got cleats on. And one year they didn't have like a carpet type thing that you could walk on. So you got the little, you know, they they ended up changing the turf, you know. They changed turf, yep. But the having your spikes on was real slippery. So it was just like it was a hazard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like trying to walk back and forth and you couldn't like run or nothing like that. But, you know, so Tulane coming into here, Mm -hmm. they are a mystery team. Because when you sit down and look at that, you compete with Oklahoma, you think they should – be great. They show up and beat Morgan State like they probably should have, but they scored almost 70 points. Mm-hmm. Then you come back and they get beat bad by another good team. And then the, you would think being tested by OU and Ole Miss like they were, mm-hmm. that they should be able to beat a UAB. Uh, unless going against those talented teams, you know, maybe there were some injuries or something like that that might have hindered their play style or whatever the case may be going against UAB. But then, like you said, I don't know much about UAB. You know, mm-hmm. they lost their program a few years back and they brought it back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know much about them, but they seem to be decent. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, you know what, I'm not going to say that. Because last two weeks I ain't said nothing. Mm-hmm. So I ain't
1: going to say it again. Okay, let me say it. Yeah. I'm confident that East Carolina will win this game. I'm confident in it. I don't know how many points we're going to win it by. But like I said last week, I don't care how many points we win by now. Not at all. Let's just win. Exactly. There is no such thing as an ugly win. Let's just get the dub and move on to the next week. But Tulane's just so inconsistent. You don't know what team you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with us.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. The Do same thing no, with us. That, 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 that second to third, the, no, second quarter mm-hmm. the other day, man, yeah, I was, <laughs> we about to run some, run some people off the board.
1: And then, like, wait a minute,
0: third quarter, fourth quarter, what's mm-hmm. going on?
1: But we we figured out a way to win it. We hung and, on. Yep, and that's – I'm. That's all I really care about. It's all that matters. You're, you're
0: right about that for sure. It's the first conference game, mm-hmm. um, and that should normally, you know, spark some things. I think we were picked to finish like ninth okay. or something like that. So first conference game, to be able to get that win, obviously that'll move us up And the fact that we're sitting at two and two. Definitely Tulane had a harder non-conference schedule than we had for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, ours was South Carolina and App State, and I feel like Ole Miss and OU are better than both of those teams. So. Yes um and i guess us playing i guess Charleston southern is the, uh, their version of morgan state i would assume but, but we did uh,
1: play app state though app state been
0: rolling but they're not ouo miss. they're not, they're not. you know so uh they 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 we we got a chance to win the game for sure. Uh, it's just like you said, we don't know what version of either team is gonna show up. And I say the game is, is a good time frame at three thirty, it's homecoming weekend, mm-hmm. first conference game. We're coming off a couple of victories, so I feel like back, the, the, back. the fans should yeah. be a little more uh in tune to the game. It felt good in there, like you actually and you know, I can't think of the name of that song that we seen in Dowdy Ficklin where everybody gets quiet and everybody singing the song, it's yeah. a rock and roll song. Can't think of the I know name what you're of that. But it actually sounded like something this mm-hmm. this week. You know what I I mean, like, it was just like, I, I tapped a buddy my first time coming to a Pirate game, and I was like, hey, listen to this. Listen, you ready to sing? Are you yeah. ready to sing? <laughs> and he actually just was just, like, bobbing his head, smiling, like, yo, that was pretty cool. And then it's like, I think back to the year before, where the last time we were able to be in the stadium, man, like you could actually hear your friend's voice on mm-hmm. the other side of the stadium that we were so empty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it felt good to have that atmosphere and the sound and, and and all the theatrics that go on in the stadium. It felt like a real place, especially underneath the lights at nighttime, the sky and the weather was perfect. Yeah. Hopefully we get another day like that to where the weather's perfect. You perfect. Know, and I feel like ECU uh, – is starting to learn something about themselves, the fact that they're able to finish the game even though when it's not going right, mm-hmm. they're able to finish it. You know, and going back to uh, the Charles Suler game, Mason got in the game. Mm, he did He scored he scored a touchdown, yeah. rushing the ball, you know, and I, I was actually pretty excited about that. I was yep. you know I still want us to get up in some point somewhere where we can get him in and throw the ball a little bit. Do you think that's something that we're going to continue to do, bringing him in in running situations?
1: I think to get him going, we probably will. Just to get a little bump, so that way he's in the game. Just to get his confidence going, just to get the Mm -hmm. ball in his hands. And, you know, I don't think we put him in the game, his first play of the game, he's throwing the pass. I don't think that'll happen. That can't happen. Nah.
0: If it is, it's going to be like a screen or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think... He definitely needs to get his reps, and I like them being so innovative to bring him in in that situation and how they motion Houghton out, line him up at receiver, and he just ran the ball in. Mm-hmm. He's a big rascal, man. That's he a is. big kid. 6'5"? Like, like yeah, that's a big kid, man. I I, I'm I mean, excited to see what he does. I mean, I want him to, you know, uh, take his time, and I want Houghton to still be the guy, mm-hmm. and I want Houghton to, to excel and continue to get better. You know, I will say this. I still struggle with that left arm thing. Mm-hmm. It's just something I never got used to. And yeah. I don't think I ever get used to outside of Michael Vick. And I think it was Steve Young, maybe? Was Steve, Steve Young, Young, Michael Vick, Steve you Young. Know, those are
1: probably the two How many more left lefties that we had? I know in I played with beard. a lefty. I played with a lefty in Tallapalco. Talapalco came from Pittsburgh. He was with me in uh K C for a while. I don't know. What was uh what was, was Randall Cunningham? No, he was right handed. He was
0: right handed. So I really don't know that many lefties, you know? Uh me
1: either. Tim Tebow. Tebow. Do um, you count him as a quarterback? Yeah, he, nah, I ain't gonna hate on Tebow. Yeah, you was about to. Yeah, I was. How do you feel about
0: Tebow as a former NFL <laughs> player? You know, and then this is a completely off subject. Okay. We're, we're, it's our podcast. We could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We could jump all over the place if we choose to. You tell me, Tebow, what, what is the, re- like, when he got another shot to come and play tight end, did you feel like it disrespected the
1: game? I feel like it disrespected, I, I can't say that. I can't say feel like, I feel like I disrespected the game because of who brought him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Urban Meyer. Which is his old coach. Which is his old coach. So at the end of the day, you can't help. Once, once coaches get hired, they bring their guys in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, a product of that. That's why I stayed in the league so long. Truthfully, I mean, by the grace of God, but I had those relationships with all these coaches that they knew the type of player I was. Right. So when they got hired different places, guess what, they can bring their guys with them. Right, so right. they were just bringing me with them. You know, so I feel like, so I don't feel like it's disrespectful that he got another chance to play because of the guy that hired him uh, because the guy that brought him in urban Meyer. he had a relationship with him already. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was disrespectful. I feel like that's just one of his guys that he's going to bring in. I feel like he should, when he came out of college, he should have played that position anyway, tight end. But the way I feel about Tebow, I think Tebow in the league, was not a good quarterback. Was it that bad watching him on tape? Forget watching him on tape. When we played the Broncos, we played Denver and we out there up at Mile High and we out there watching him warm up with the receivers before the game. I'm talking about he's selling them way over his head, throwing them in the dirt. Like it was just like it's like that bad. How does that happen that he had all those numbers in college? But I'm gonna tell you something. And this for everybody out there watching or listening. When, and this goes for my life as well. That's a lot of reason why I played as long also or any blessings I had. When you got God in your life and you really focus on God and you really lean on God, he gives you favor. And one thing God gave Tebow is favor. Him a truckload. A truckload of it. Tebow, I don't care what you think about Tebow as a person. I don't care what you think about Tebow as a football player. Tebow is a winner. He is a winner in every meaning of it, the word winner. He's, he's been a winner in high school. Mm-hmm. He's been a winner in college. He got to the NFL playing quarterback. Won a daggone, uh playoff game. Yeah, definitely did that. Off his arm. On a, on a,
0: on a, on a, <laughs> a dramatic fashion.
1: Exactly. I
0: think it was overtime, first
1: play, overtime. Yeah, so I don't care what, how you feel about Tebow when it comes to athletics or whatever it is, Tebow is a winner. And he wears his faith on his sleeve, which I like that as well.
0: All right. If we take God out of this mm-hmm. and you're not able just say you're not a religious guy. Mm-hmm. How does it make a team right? Is that something that you gotta like? How they back a quarterback had to be better than him, right?
1: Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Was it just? You think it was just a PR thing? Nah, I just think that Tebow just had favor, man. I just like that's one guy that I feel like God really just had favor on him. There's no other way around it, like. God really made him look good. So, won't he do, it? And won't he, said, he do it? Won't he That's do like, it? I, you can't explain it. Like, Tebow is a winner through high school. I want to say he won like three or four state championships in high school. How yeah. I many he went in college? Three? Two or Two three? Two or three yeah. in college? He's just a winner. Yeah. He just, I can't even hate on him. Man. <laughs> what can I
0: say? And sorry, so enough of Tebow. He has nothing <laughs> to do with anything, but I just had to ask that question. So I was talking with a buddy when. Mitchell took off down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Dude leans in and said, "Is he faster than Chris Johnson?"
1: No, not a chance, right? No, nah, can't be. No, did you ever have a chance to play against him when you were? I played against Chris Johnson when I got into the league. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I was with the Ravens, and he played with Tennessee. So that was his good year. Like the, I think so. Yeah. Was he was he impressive in person? I want to say he didn't have any breakout runs against us. Okay, so I really didn't get a chance to see, see yeah, you know, in person. How fast, it, was. but you could tell it was fast though. You could tell he could play. Yeah, I yeah. mean
0: the uh, Carolina game back when he was in school his senior year, he caught a screen on the sideline, and he was picking him up, putting him down. You know, he was picking up. I, one of the sayings, one of my friends always says, that "All you saw was ass and elbows." <laughs> <laughs> the way he does just that fast, his so hands yeah. and elbows flying down the field. Yeah, you know. So you know, but going back to East Carolina, mm-hmm. want to pack that house, man. Let's pack I really it out. and truthfully want fifty thousand in that Joker. It's homecoming. It's homecoming. It's a good weather day coming Saturday from last uh, weather forecast I saw. It's first conference game. Mm-hmm. We're coming off two victories. Mm-hmm. We got a chance to be over five hundred for the first time in a long time, man. Uh, I mean, it's
1: major. When the last time we won two games in a row? We did it last year.
0: Was it last we did, year? We did it last year to end the season, I believe, with the okay. SMU and somebody else we beat, I felt
1: like. But last time we won three in a row. How about that? Maybe 1991. 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. You can go to Peach Bowl I mean, That's what, that's can what we, we can always we, go can, to. Can we leave the Peach Bowl where it's that, That's man. what
0: we always go to. It's, all, it's a go we to. We need to make new memories. You know, they, they don't ever talk about the Hawaii
1: Bowl. They don't talk about that. All we talk about is Peach Bowl. And, Peach and don't get Bowl, me wrong. I respect those guys. I respect that. Was it 92 Peach Bowl team? Something like that. Yeah. I respect that team. I respect what they've done for the history of East Carolina. Mm. But we need new memories. Got to make some new ones. Yeah, because that's well, all we hang our hat on. We don't even talk about the 07 and the
0: was it 07 and 08 where we won back-to-back conference championships. We don't, we don't even talk, talk about, about that.
1: We won't talk about it.
0: You know, and then we went down there and beat Boise State. Uh, in Hawaii, we don't talk about it's it. like it.
1: It's like it didn't happen.
0: I think Chris rushed for two and some two hundred some yards that game. We don't talk about it. We don't. I don't know what that is. I don't. I mean, there's some guys I need to talk about a little bit more. I mean, nothing against the, the Terrence Carvers and Devontae Leach, and David Garrard, but you know, CJ, two K, Dwayne Harris, yeah. uh the Limbo Josephs. Let's, I, let's talk about the guys. I feel
1: like Limbo Joseph definitely don't get enough credit for what he's doing.
0: He don't. I wonder if it's good. Did he? I don't think he graduated. Man, it don't matter. He's still still a pirate
1: for sure. He's a pirate, and I feel like uh, Dwayne Harris. I mean, he's not in the league now, but I feel like Dwayne Harris was to me. Listen to what I'm about to say. (laughs) He was the best receiver at East Carolina with the ball in his hands. I'm not saying he was the best route runner. I'm not saying he's the best catcher. I'm not saying he was the best receiver. (laughs) I feel like, ever to play at East Carolina with the ball in his hands. Wait till I tell your boy Keith Stokes about this one. No, don't get me wrong. Keith Stokes was amazing, but I still feel like Dwayne Harris. He had more still...
0: receptions because
1: of the style of offense that he was. But I ain't talking about receptions. But he, he got the ball, or it's what I'm saying. I'm just talking with the ball in his hands. He was official. He was a totally different monster. He and, was. And he, he continued not tackle. To, he continued to prove that once he got on the highest level. Yeah. You know, to, to me personally, and like I'm not, I'm not tooting his horn, but I give his credit for what it, credit when credit so is due. So
0: was he a better receiver than Terrence Copper?
1: No. There you go. Good answer. But I feel like he still was a better ball carrier. Andre Allison. I'm still going Dwayne. Andre was special with the ball too now. Yeah, but he wasn't Dwayne.
0: Andre did that Reggie Bush juke on the sideline before Reggie Bush did it.
1: I get that. But you just pointing out one play. It was fantastic. Bro. It was. <laughs> I, got
0: out, I got out there against Wake Forest and made that block. Now, granted, the game got Wimper credit for the block. I was a little mm-hmm. upset about that. That was me. But, you know, but. Uh, Trey was special, man.
1: He was. Trey thought for 1,000, too. That's what I'm saying. But I'm not taking anything away from. Understand what I'm saying? I'm not taking nothing away from these guys playing receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm just strictly talking about when the ball. Prime example. Who would you think the best player is? Anquan Bowden or Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to go, it's like this. Larry Fitzgerald is a better receiver before the catch and during the catch. Mm-hmm. After the catch, Anquan Bowden, hands down. I, I see where you're going with So that. that's what I'm trying to say when it comes to the receivers here that came through here. It's a lot of receivers that was better than Dwayne before the catch. That's what I'm talking about, his route running. hmm and during the catch when it comes to catching the ball. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there was one receiver here that was better than Dwayne when the ball got in his hands. I can't think of it. It would have to be way before our time. Way before our time that I don't really know. There is the,
0: uh, was it Terry Gallagher? hmm He had like three catches for 200 and some change. <laughs> yeah, I get you know, that. But you. that was just one, that was one game. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Dwayne was very special. He ran reverses. He threw the ball. Special teams-wise. He, he did everything. He and, did everything.
1: And even when he get to the NFL. He
0: picked right up where he, he left. He picked off right on up that. on it. And to but me, he. Never was a blazing
1: runner. Never. That, but I always seemed to get where he needed to but go. But he broke so many tackles. Yeah. He broke. He broke tackles. He had great vision. He. Special teams-wise, he's up there for me. When it comes to return, man, as a returning, return, man. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Return,
0: there's differences between returning and blocking and yeah. all that for sure. But I, you know, I, I really like Dwayne. Dwayne was very special. He was a very talented kid. I think he made Patrick Pinckney. Uh, he made Patrick Pinkney for sure. Well, not say made him, but he helped Patrick Pinkney. in that transition from James Pinkney to Patrick Pinckney. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Harris definitely helped out with that. And then you also had, when you had that transition and I hate to sit here and keep talking about when we played, but you went from a bunch of receivers in Bobby Good, Andre Allison, Kevin Roach, Steven Rogers, and everybody in James Pinkney quarterback, and we all graduate and leave. And then it became Chris Johnson's show mm-hmm. with Dwayne Harris catches the passes, and now a new quarterback and Patrick Pinkney playing. And Chris kind of carried that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And then when he leaves, then you get Dwayne who gets his chance to shine. And then when mm-hmm. he shined, he shined. He yeah. did his thing now for sure. You know, um, somebody asked me a question that was like, no, I wish ECU would do a where are they now type thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they were asking it was like, Where's Jonathan Williams at? I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know these things, but yeah. it would be cool to find out and actually take time and maybe something that we can do on the World Room podcast is maybe we can highlight a player and give a little information, a backstory of where someone is now in their current field of work and careers after football. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool. I mean, for instance, like you got Willie Smith who's in town, who's a realtor doing a really mm-hmm. good job, former NFL player. Um Offensive lineman, you know, maybe we could look into that. Maybe it's something we can bring to, and maybe we have the listeners pick the person they want to bring up. You know, so. But none to say, needless to say, we got a game this Saturday, uh, East Carolina versus Tulane, first conference game. Let's pack the house. Uh, let's not remember that this, today's show is brought to us by Bet Online. Uh, jump on the, uh, the app, get your first bet. Use Believe as a uh, code to get a little discount. You basically get to double up your money with your first bet. So, Bet Online brought us today on the show. T Cop, you got anything on the way out? Uh, you hit it on the head, brother. Well, I appreciate it. Enjoy the time. Always good football. Hopefully we get a good game this coming up Thursday uh, as well as Saturday and then Sunday and Monday, and then we'll be back next Tuesday with another Player of the Week. Remember to please send your stuff to the War Room, the War Room PC uh, at Yahoo.com. Send your information over so we can get the Player of the Week uh, and, and recognize some of these Eastern North Carolina players. Uh, also check our Facebook page at the War Room Podcast as well. Um, hopefully we'll have some content coming up there really soon.